This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Hello, badasses. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jessica Weckerlin. This is my bestie, Laurie Wallace. What's up, y'all? Today we are being joined by our good friend, Michael DeVellis. We're so excited. Michael is the founder of The Powder Group, which is an organization committed to the craft of makeup and strengthening the careers of makeup artists at all levels of experience through education, inspiration, and events. And we're going to get into all of that. Um, But before we get started, just as a reminder, please like, share, follow, rate, review, anything and everything. We're on all the social medias. We also have our Patreon up. If you feel so inclined, we would love for you to join our membership on the Patreon um, website. And Laurie, why don't you take it away with our badass of the week? I'm so excited about Badass of the Week this week, you guys. She is an amazing artistic inspiration to me and so many. It's the phenomenal Danny Sands, who, if you're not familiar with Danny, she is the founder of Makeup Forever, one of my favorite makeup lines to play in. So much good stuff. One thing that I've always been crazy passionate about with Makeup Forever is that it is artistic. You know, like it's made for... um, people who see makeup as a artistic medium painters, you know, Danny is a painter and she's got so many beautiful images when she's painting on faces, but she also works amazing canvases and does these huge broad scale products. It's just so awesome to see her work. Um, Danny is also a consultant for several different makeup brands. And I have had the distinct pleasure at a powder group event actually to take a class with Danny and I was a newer, younger makeup artist at the time. And man, did she push my boundaries and get all up underneath my skin about like my need to make everything like so perfect and, you know, aligned and symmetrical. Like she just breaks you out of your perception of what you think you're trying to do and gives you this room and space, like to make these huge, nasty, sloppy mistakes and then embrace it artistically and I'm obsessed with her. So if you don't know Danny Sands, we're going to tag her in this episode so you guys can check out her Instagram and see everything that she's up to. Danny, we are going to get a badass box to you come uh, high water and we would love to have you on the show so we can talk more about all the creative genius you've got going on. So exciting. I know. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Hey guys. First of all, I, uh, I don't know that I've been a called a badass very often in my life, more like a pain in the ass. But, um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for the accolade and for the great honor of being one of the badass ladies clubs, badasses of the week. I am grateful and I am floored by the accolade. Well, we've been talking about having you on for a long From the beginning. time, actually. Yeah. We like initially made a list of people. You were definitely on the list. This just felt like the right time. Totally. And I mean, Laurie and I have hung out with you and have been with you in, you know, multiple spaces and events. And, um, we're just so excited to have you here. So thank you so much because I consider you a definite badass who has made 
moves in his career that I look at and I'm like, holy shit. Well, and that's what's so interesting about like, what does it mean to be badass? When we were first like bringing together this concept of the badass ladies club, so many things that we were like, this is what it means to be badass. Michael DeVellis had figured out way before we ever put this idea together. So (laughs) I think it's a really cool place to start to talk about like in your career, one of the most badass things that I heard from you that you did was, you know, you were one of the drivers and the creators of Mac Pro, which is a line that, you know, as makeup artists, everybody knows Mac and that Mac had this like amazing professional line for makeup artists and that you got that going. And then you also like left it at a high point and decided to go do your own thing. So tell us a little bit about that badass experience at Mac Pro. Wow. Well, it's a, it's, it's a big moment in my career. You know, uh, Lori, you and I have um, over perhaps a glass of wine or two uh, had a chat about, you know, my history and the fact that I was not a makeup artist. I'm not a makeup artist. I don't do makeup. I'm not a hairstylist. I don't do hair. Um, I don't own a salon. I don't own a school. I don't own an agency. What do I do? Um, and I think that one of the things that um, is the most important about that, that early stage of my career was I happened upon this job. I, I said, yes. And I think one of the most badass things you can do is say yes, especially when you're a little fearful, right? You're not quite sure this is going to work out, but I was offered an opportunity. I kind of knocked on the door, shook it a little bit, said, Hey, wait, what about me? Don't forget me. Um, running a, a West farms mall, Connecticut Mac store. When they first started coming into the U S and retail, this is going back over 20, 27 years. That's a long time. But I'm betting a lot of your badasses who are listening aren't even 27 years old. Yet. Correct. Like, wow, you're older than like you've been in this longer than I have. That's badass. So I was there and I said to the to the company, I want to move to the city. I want to move to New York. I was in Connecticut, West Farms. And I said, I want to I want to run the Soho store when it opens. Um, Badass. Ask for what you want. Right. Right. Um, it took a little longer than I was happy with to get that store going. So I said, you know, when they opened the Saks Fifth Avenue location, first time in the history of Saks, a brand was coming in with their own employees. The brand was coming in with an installation in their store in the cosmetics floor in the Fifth Avenue location. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to jump on that instead. Okay. Badass didn't want that, but badass <laughs> took it. I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do to get where I need to go. A few months later, I was asked to run the New York market. Um, by our regional person at the time. I said, yes, didn't quite know what that was going to mean or how I was going to do it. <laughs> it was a big job, but I said yes to it. Um, about six months later, Frank Toskin, who was one of the founders of uh, Mac, came to me and said, we have a problem. Of course, when the founder of a company comes to you and says, we have a problem, you kind of pack up your stuff. <laughs> right, you're like, oh, yes, I'll go then. <laughs> okay, sorry, what did I do? Um, but he said, we have a problem because we're not focused anymore as much as we should be on the professional makeup artist. We're growing so quickly as a brand that we need to refocus. Will you take on this project? Well, again, number one, when Frank Toskin asks you to do something, you say yes. Number two, what a great opportunity. So to your point of the Mac Pro piece, um, we didn't know what it was called at the time, but Frank and I spent a lot of time together developing these ideas of what can we do for the pro, masterclass education, special pro services and, and opportunities, product support. and. What we did was we created this idea of Mac Pro, a retail concept, a product line. I created 250 SKUs within a year from ideation 
to hitting this and hitting the floor running with them because we had that sort of a built-in system at the time. So wasn't doing product development before that, but said yes to it. Right. Wasn't doing a store development, retail development, but said yes to it. Um, about halfway through that project, uh, Lauder, I say Lauder came in and was uh, invested in Mac. And then we ended up having two new bosses, John Dempsey and James Gager. Uh, created a prob. He was in charge of John was in charge of the brand. James was creative director and a uh, senior vice president. And they could have very easily said, this is great. And this is lovely what you're doing, but you know, we've got a brand to run. So we're going to put this aside, but I gave my case. I said, here's why we're doing it. Here's what's important about it. And they said, yes, they said, keep going with it. So I think one of the biggest lessons in that whole period, which that whole, that stretch lasts from, you know, uh, about, uh, a year of my life, a year of my career, from the time Frank and I sat down to the time John and James were in, in play, and really there as we started opening the Mac Pro Store on Fifth Avenue in New York. And so having the courage to say, this is what I believe in, and this is what I think is important, even if you don't know that someone who is let's just put it this way, really important, much more important than <laughs> you. Your opinion means much less than theirs. If you're not sure and you believe in it, you have to move forward and you have to say yes. And you have to continue to say yes. And you have to continue to ask for what you believe in, even when you think it might not work out. I mean, wow. Like just the jumping in head first and saying, this is not what I've done. This is not where my experience lies, but I'm going to say yes and take the leap. <laughs> It's so brave. And how old were you when all that was going on? I know, I know. Michael, come on. I'm going to do that. Hang on. I'm going to pull up my calculator. Do the math. Yeah. um, I'm I'm going to do the math now. It's going to be 54 years, which I am now. Beautiful. Minus 27 years. There you go. That was easy math, 27. So I was like 26, 27. When I started with Mac, I was probably about 30 years old when this all went down. I mean, I would have, yeah, like that is... I don't know that I'd have been that ballsy at that age, you know, like, so, and just the leap of faith element that's involved in that. Cause there's several other examples in your career moving forward where you had to take these massive leaps of faith, you know, and I'm obsessed with this idea of people like you, Michael, who, like you said, you weren't a makeup artist yet you developed one of, I mean, if you haven't heard of Mac, you've been living under a rock. Right. Um, in the Mac Pro Artist Program, I mean, every professional in the business knows about the Mac Pro. Well, Artist and it's not Program. just like random people that are using; it's professional right. makeup artists. Right. So, it. my point is, what I'm obsessed with is that this is something that you had little to no experience in, as far as being an artist. That, like, have you watched the Clive Davis documentary on Netflix? I mean, Clive Davis was a lawyer right? and then ended up being a record executive of Columbia Records and went on to discover, I don't know, Whitney Houston and like everybody, everybody, Everybody. literally Everybody. everybody that we know and love. And I look at myself and I feel like so many times in my life, I've discounted the fact that I can do something because I'm like, oh, well, I'm not license to do that, or I don't have the training to do that, or I don't have the education to do that. And I look at people like you, Michael, who are like, yeah, I'm not an artist, but I'm going to create this artist program. And it's just so inspiring. And I've always loved that about you. And that's why I love watching your career. Thank you, Jessica. And one of the things I think really, um, is an important consideration there, you know, 
I think when you think about Clive Davis, like saw a business opportunity, but also found a passion, right? Yeah. It wasn't an accident. He found his passion. I believe he believed in those artists. He believes in like their success, their, their power, their strength. I fell in love with the professional makeup artists. I literally, and, and, you know, when I first got introduced to Mac was before I worked there. One of my dear friends, Johnny Lavoie, we're still close friends today is a makeup artist and major hairstylist. And he would, we'd go into Manhattan um, and we would go in and we'd hang out and we'd go to the Mac store and I'd sit outside while he went in because it was too crazy busy in there. I was like, I'm not going in there. I'll wait outside. And Lady Bunny would be working the door and there'd be all these fabulous people going in and out. And I was like, this company is cool. Mac had a back to Mac recycling program before this was a thing. Mac was talking about um, HIV and AIDS Mm -hmm. and supporting the HIV and AIDS community before that was something acceptable by the cosmetics industry or any business really. So I saw this brand that said, it's okay to be gay. It's okay because they had these these, um, um, shirts that were all about all sexes, all races, all ages. Um, and now their credo has changed from sexist to gender. So all ages, all races, all genders. But that was something that no one was doing. And I said, this is an amazing company. And my friend who um, had told me that she didn't take the job managing the Mac store, I said, well, what are they going to do? And I said, she said, I don't know. I was on the last steps of hiring. I decided not to take it. I said, did you tell them about me? She said, you want to work for a makeup company? I said, no, I want to work for Mac. You're right. I want to work for Mac. It wasn't about makeup to me. It was about yeah. culture. Find what you believe in and then find how you fit into that. What I found when I developed the programming for Mac, and you know, Mac had a professional discount program before I created mm-hmm. Mac Pro. Mac had pro products because they're all pro. Mm-hmm. But what we did was focus. And in that process of me working at Mac and working with these amazing artists, um, I had the great privilege of getting to know them and getting to know this community, whether it's union artists or agency artists or working artists trying, you know, working on bridal. And I have never seen in my life at that point, a group of people so passionate, so filled with love for what they do, even though it was always a constant struggle. It was a freelance life that was a hard life. You didn't know when your next job was. And I said, this community deserves support. And so then at that point, I decided about 10 years into my career at Mac, I said, you know, I feel like there's another opportunity here for me. Um, I've never started my own business, never started a trade show, never started a magazine, but I wanted to do more for this community that I had fallen in love with, right? So I said, okay, I'm gonna pull up my, you know, pull out, put on my big boy pants and, and say, I'm gonna go out and start my own company. Um, Meanwhile, this is a very tough time in the industry. This is in early 2000s. Um, 9-11 had happened shortly prior to this. Um, I basically said, you know, I'm going to move on at this point. I want to live a bigger life. I want to do more for people. Um, I love what we had done at Mac. I love the relationships I had developed, but I wanted to do it in a way that was a little broader and for more people that maybe wasn't about the end result being a product sale, right? Which is at the end of the day, all the programs that the pro companies do all needs to support their business overall as retail, of course. So I started the powder group. I started the powder group. It's 18 years ago. That's 18 wow. years ago this year, yeah. which is, wow, I think about that. And I think, well, just let me get to 20, right? But 18 years ago, there was not a lot of education. There wasn't a lot of stuff out there for pros. 
And I said, I'm going to have this great business idea. Lots of people loved it, uh, loved the concept, loved this whole idea of education and workshops. There weren't very many places in New York. There was a wonderful shop called The Makeup Shop by my friend Toby Britton, mm -hmm. and there was Mac, and there was The Union. Or you went to cosmetology school. Right. right? Mm -hmm. um, so I created Mac at a time when I felt the community of artistry needed something to hold it together, um, something to lift it up, something to inspire it. But also I wanted to include and celebrate the artists that I've had a great chance to, uh, the great opportunity to get to know and to know their work and to see their struggles and how challenging it was to get these films made or photo shoots done. So I was lucky enough to have that opportunity and have lots of people say yes to me when it was a risk for them. I had brands say yes. I had artists say yes. I had agencies say yes to being involved with what we were doing. And I think that, you know, when we think about, you know, this idea of a calculated risk, right? Mm -hmm. Because in order to be badass, I think you have to take some risks. Totally. I think mm -hmm. you have to push yourself a little farther. I think you've got to say, I don't know what the result's gonna be, but I'm gonna go there anyway because it's not that badass to be safe all the time, right? <laughs> right. It's just being too safe tends to, for me at least, feels a little, it's a little dull. Um, if you play it safe, you might be much more financially successful. You might have a, a better uh, benefits package and a job you have than if you start your own freelance business. But what I have found in the 18 years that I've owned my own business, and within that, I've also worked on behalf of some agencies and behalf of, I was a vice president at Makeup Forever. You spoke to, about Danny. Yeah. By the way, these are Danny Sands pieces right behind what? me. Yes. I, <laughs> That's so cool. And so I good. just, I just, before jumping onto this with you, replied to an email from Danny because she's <laughs> going to be a part of our The Artist Summit program this year. So I love that you just brought her up right after I had messaged her. So, so that was good. awesome. She's an incredible woman. And I will, uh, I'll make sure you get connected to see if we can make something happen there for you. We appreciate oh, that. Awesome. Because um, that's because. Because she is badass. She's, she's a badass totally of the century. Badass. Yeah. The week, like of the month, the day. She's like <laughs> yeah. the badass. Um, so going, you know, from there, I, I just want to jump really, um, I don't want to fast forward it, but I think that this, the, the level of success I expected to have, because everyone said, what a great idea, what a great idea, did not equate immediately to financial success or any kind of revenue. Yeah. So, you know, you put everything into this basket, right? And they say, don't put your eggs in one basket. Not only did I put all my eggs in one basket, but I actually like bought out the store of eggs, <laughs> all the eggs in the basket, right. and then put the eggs like on a boat <laughs> like, in a storm. Like it was really like, it was a turbulent, energetic time for me personally, because I, I knew it was great and I knew it was right, but I didn't know how how long it was going to take to be successful financially for me. Wow. I mean, I can just speak as a makeup artist that the makeup network that came to me through the powder group opened my eyes to so many different varieties of work. And then I also got to like experience how makeup artists that did it differently than me or that worked in a different medium than I did, like what their worlds were like and what was important to them. And just being that kind of connector and knowing that you wanted to support artists in that way 
And then, like I said, in, in my case where my job was primarily like bridal and salon makeup and then runway to like be able to connect with these artists who were doing like movies and TV shows and music videos. And, you know, like it was just so cool because I felt a part of this huge web of creative space. And that is 100 percent because of the powder group and what it brought together. And then it spun off into so many amazing things like one secret to your badass success, clearly, that we're already bringing up so far in the podcast today is just your ability to be like, I've not done this before, but I see there's a need for it and I'm passionate about it. So I'm going to go there. And so the powder group um, has on makeup magazine, which I love every month, you know, mm-hmm. and am so inspired by. And you had never done a magazine before when you pulled together on makeup, right? Uh, I sure didn't. <laughs> sure didn't. <laughs> nope. Amazing. I sure had. And funny, I actually have. Um, I was doing an art project for um, a thing that uh, an organization called Pam uh, that I'm participating in, and I actually had copies of my the very original um, first issue of On Makeup Magazine. Wow! Um, oh, look at that. That we put out, and it was winter 2008, and. You know, those years were tough years because it was when the financial crisis. I feel like every time trauma happens in the world, I I do something new. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm just trying to like keep people distracted and like do something that keeps them entertained and happy and inspired. But I wanted to create this magazine. Um, it was after I did the makeup show, though. Um, Part of what I had planned when I started the Powder Group in my business plan from probably 19 ish years ago at this point, um, said the makeup show at Metropolitan Pavilion in New York. Like I knew I wanted to create that. I wanted to create a celebratory event that was trade show, but more it's like a party and fun and, and engaging and community focused and education focused because there wasn't a lot out there at the time that was in that direction. And so I had started that. And again, just if I could, I want to back up to um, another idea of taking long shots and taking risks. I had been involved with Metropolitan Pavilion, the place I knew I wanted to do the event in New York, uh, on a holiday event they were producing as I was going in and doing an exhibit as the Powder Group. And I said to the um, one of the heads of the organization, Shelly Tagar, listen, you know, you're going to be producing more of these things. I had this event called The Makeup Show. Um, I want to host it here, but I don't have the capital to do it right now. Would you be interested in partnering with me? I mean, the woman had known me for 30 minutes, <laughs> nothing about me. And when I, when I say 30 minutes, I mean, 30 minutes at a table in a conference room at Metropolitan Pavilion. She could have very easily said no or pushed me off. But what she said was, you know, let's get through this holiday event and then let's regroup. I, I think it's a reasonable thing to talk about. And I said, great. And the minute we finished up with that holiday event, I emailed her and said, thanks for having me involved with the event. When are you free to talk about the makeup show? <laughs> And the reason the makeup show happened, this was in November. The reason the makeup show happened in May of 2003 is because I asked that question. I took that risk. I took the opportunity to say, this is probably not going to happen, but I'm going to ask for it anyway. Now, here's the key. When you ask for something, there has to be a benefit for both parties. That's what negotiation is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think going into it and going like, well, I want you to provide the space for free and then I'll do all this work and then I'll make them like, no, I went in there and said, let's be partners because you don't know me and I don't know you, but this is a really good idea. So let's do it together. Mm-hmm. That is an important part of this idea of long shots and taking risks and moving yourself forward. Um, but to the magazine, I had 
in the business plan as well, I wanted to start a makeup magazine that was focused on beauty, creativity, interesting makeup that was not necessarily film and effects driven. Um, I would still include film and television programming in it, mm -hmm. but we wanted a major part of it being about product and about the idea behind um, creative beauty and beauty makeup as an overall idea. And I think that, you know, coming together with this idea of On Makeup Magazine, was I don't want to say an accident, but it was it was sort of forced upon me because I kept we had been successful at the makeup show. I was still in a situation where I wasn't making enough money to keep my business afloat and I needed to come up with other revenue streams. And I said, okay, now might be the best time. It's a couple of years in. We had been doing the make the the show for about three or four years. And then I started talking to be our vendors about it. So Cinema Secrets said yes. Mac said yes. Space Atelier said yes. Krylon said yes. And then it like everything just started falling into place. And asking brands to be a part of a print publication at a period of time when print was sort of, you know, everyone was all, oh, yeah. digital, digital, look, right. look at how shiny new technology, right? And I was like, mm, I like to hold something in my hand mm. when I read it. I don't need, I don't want to hold an iPad or a tablet or a phone or look at a computer. I like to read on paper. Right. And so I convinced people to say, yes, let's do that. Um, I had the, the, a good friend of mine who was with me at Mac at the time. He had, he had left to start his own freelance business in creative uh, design. Uh, his name is John DiNapoli. And he and I designed the magazine together. He showed me how to create a Quark file. Um, I, after a couple of years, started taking on all that responsibility. And I didn't know what an FTP site was, you guys. I didn't know like what what it meant when it was DPI. I'm like, what is a DPI? And they're like, okay, take a breath, Michael. Let me explain to you what this is. So I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted something that was unique and different um, and special and something that was celebratory. But I didn't know how to do it. So I asked questions. And... You know, there could have been a point where I went, this isn't going to make sense. This can't make sense because it's too, it's too expensive to do. And it's, it's too difficult to do. And it will take up too much time to do it. And I need to focus on other things. But instead I said, eh, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to do this because I think it's important because it's passion-based and focused for me. I have the great privilege of celebrating some of the most amazing artists in the world, Alex Box, Dick oh, Page, oh, Francesca yeah. Tullo, so good, uh, Morel Hollis. We've got, I mean, name an, a wonderful, amazing, giant artist in film, television, editorial, celebrity work, and chances are we've had some sort of a feature with them. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a small team of people that work on this publication. We do it twice a year. Uh, it is still, and it's funny, I have the new issue. Um, you know, consistency is really important to me. It's one of my key words. And this is the first issue. And this is the spring 2021. Right. Issue. I love and if it. You flip through it and there's no pictures on it and there's no anything in it. And if you flip through it, energetically, it feels the same. Yes. Yeah. We've upgraded a little bit. We've changed some things around, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think having an idea flushing it through to where you feel like it's the strongest it can possibly be. And then being open to change if you need to change, but also not changing for change's sake. Right. 
because one of the things I love most about this publication is it's so special and different from other people's magazines and by from anything that celebrates our industry. Um, so yeah, you don't have to know the answer in the beginning. You don't have to know how to do something. You have to be open. You have to acknowledge you don't know how to do it. Um, and you have to be realistic. If it's something you physically don't have the time or financial resources to do, put it off and push it forward. Or like I do with the makeup show, ask someone to be involved financially. Um, so that way you can make your magic happen. I love it so much. Speaking of words though. I know, right? It was a great transition. Yeah, it really was. You're welcome. Set this up or something. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about 10 words. words. Yeah. So Michael is also an author, uh, throwing out, uh, inspiration right. that actually was part of the launch of badass ladies club as we were pulling it together. So wow, yeah, yes. 10 words is a book that you wrote. Um, and you know, when you presented it to us, cause we had the fortune to see you at tribal forum, you know, when you brought it to us and everybody got a copy of the book, mm-hmm. it was really this idea of like what 10 words represent you, your business, you know, like what you want to contribute to the world. Yeah. Like how you're branding yourself. And you took us on this journey through when you created what your 10 words were for your business and your brand. And I remember in that presentation being so inspired just by the idea that you took time and space out of your really busy life to be like, what does it really mean to me? Like, what do I want people to feel? What are the, uh, the core foundations and values of what I'm trying to build that I knew then I was like, I want to do that one day, you know, yeah. like not just for well, like Laurie, but I want to build a business around I don't 10 know core words. if y'all remember, but he made us do our 10 words. I did that my homework. Day. Yeah. And he was, and you said, Michael, you were like, but you can't use my words. Well, damn it. Yeah, you no. like the best words. I know, because my words are really good, right? No, so they are good. Like, oh, but I want good. Words. I know. I'm like, but I want those words. So we had to come up with our own. Right. And gosh, I want. That was years ago when we did that. But then when we created Badass Ladies Club, we sat down and we said, we should do our 10 words. Yeah. And we wrote it down in our planners and we're going to share them on social media um, as this episode launches. So you can see and everybody can see like kind of how this book inspired a big piece of how we built Badass Ladies Club. So tell us a little bit about 10 words and what drove you to want to put that into into a book. Well, well, first of all, what a what a thrill to hear that you number one liked it as a as a an inspirational piece, and also that you uh, did your homework that day yep. and did your own ten words. But then also that years later you pulled out that idea of focus and that idea of finding the things that you want to build a business around uh, your pillars or your foundations, as you'd said, Lori. Yeah. Um, you know. The story of why I, I wrote 10 words is a 10 year story. You know, it's, it's, I started doing 10 words as a program um, in the early stages of the makeup show when I first, uh, about probably two years in. And the book came about based on that program. So I had done the program for 10 years before I put the book in print. Uh, I always felt that it was necessary for me to present this 
idea and present this information personally. Now, we weren't doing a lot of digital at the time. It was certainly pre-Zoom land, um, but it was definitely a thing where I would present it at the makeup show programs. I'd present it as a tour around the country, and I would go to Chicago and San Francisco and, and Dallas and New Orleans, and I would do this program in person. And when I, you know, I'm a little animated, I move around a lot. Just, touch, I, just like, a little. I say a bad word once in a while. Like for me, <laughs> like being in front of you and expressing this story was the way to tell it. And I held off on doing the print piece because I didn't think you could express it that way. And so backing up to why, where it came from as a program, um, I insinuated a few minutes ago, you know, tough, tough, there were some tough times in that period as well, you know, where I wasn't making the money that I needed to make to keep my business afloat. The makeup show was successful, but it would pay my bills for, you know, the last six, nine months. And then I would be starting over from zero again and getting, you know, it would be this vicious cycle. And so there was a time when I was about ready to just throw in the towel. And when I had left Mac, um, John Dempsey, who is a, an amazing mentor and an incredible businessman, he's one of the lead people over at Estee Lauder organization to this day. And he had said to me, you know, whenever you're ready to come back, whenever you want to come back, you just call me and we will, we will find a place for you. And I said, I am so grateful. I won't be back because I believe in what I'm doing, but thank you so much. And, you know, when, when it came down to it, you know, my, uh, and, I, and we talk about this in the book, um, you know, my 401k that I had from my job job uh, was gone. Right. I spent it all at the powder group, making this business happen. My bank accounts were all empty. I cashed out stocks that I had. Um, my credit cards were all at the highest point they could be at, and they weren't being paid every month, maybe two or three months at a time they weren't being paid. And I was at a place where as much as I was doing, that was wonderful and amazing and supporting the industry and as great as people felt because of what I was creating and producing, I was in the lowest energetic place I'd ever been in my life. And I was ready to call up John Dempsey and say, Hey, remember when I left that day about five years, six years ago, and you said, do you want, if you want to come back? Well, I'm thinking about it. Um, and then I said, okay, give yourself one more chance. Because this is good stuff, guys. It's yeah. good stuff. You got it, Michael. You got to keep this focus on. But how are you going to do it and really revive your own personal energy? Because right now you're feeling like you're out. You're 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 tagging out of this whole thing. And I was writing and thinking and figuring stuff out, and I just kept scribbling stuff out. And I was like, you know, what? get out of your headspace, get out of your apartment. I was living in Manhattan at the time. So I jumped on the train and I took the train up to Central Park and I brought a notebook and a pen and I brought a Sharpie because I always have a Sharpie with me because I love a Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to go up to the park. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm going to sit in Sheep's Meadow and I'm going to write my next steps. What is this going to be next for me? And so as I'm doing this, I'm finding myself as I think we often do when we try to regroup, going back to what I already did done, going back to what I'm doing. Instead of coming up with something new or a way to move myself out of this funk, I literally was just going, here's a new idea. I'll do a class on bridal makeup with, you know, smoky eyes. Then, um, oh, and then I'll do, um, you know, uh, this other thing. And, and I just kept really, oh, I'll get this artist to present a program for me. And I'm going, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you doing? You're doing the same thing. 
Yeah. You're just saying and doing the same thing over and over again. So what I decided to do, because I can be a little verbose, as you may know, <laughs> I decided I was going to give myself like a, a, a list of words for my focus, another list of words that I want to come up with. And nine is a very big number for me. Nine is a very powerful number. It's a triple prime. It's yeah. a perfect prime. It's three threes. It's always been important to me. The magazine is nine inches by nine inches, uh, which is certainly much more expensive to produce. Than right, <laughs> right. Not magazine. Uh, nine by nine was important to me. And so I said, oh, I'm going to write down nine bullet points on things. And then I was starting to write and I was like, no, no bullet points. You're writing really long things. So then I said words, I'm going to write nine words. And as I started it, I went, no, I've got it. This epiphany moment happened. And I went, you're so stuck in what is, is expected and what you think will work. Get out of this nine thing. Just do what normal people do and come up with the top 10. And so <laughs> it went from nine words to 10 words because I was like, I was so frustrated with myself for sticking to my guns. Like, no, nine. So I wrote the 10th word. Um, but as I started to put the words down, I started to scribble stuff off still. I was like, and it's very interesting because the last book, the last word in the book is community. Okay. And it's funny because that was the first word I wrote down and then I crossed it off mm -hmm. because I said to myself, no, that's like saying like, I'm opening a store called the French fry store and the first word is French fries. Right. Like you can't make French fries the word that you want to focus on if the source is already about French fries. Like I have to come up with the other things. And I was like, this whole business is about community. Everything I do is about connecting people, putting people in front of other people, making relationships happen. I, I share more context in a week than I think I've, I could ever have imagined sharing in a week. I, somebody says, do you have someone who, and I, I send, here's their contact info. Um, Community was so ingrained in why I did this. And community was the reason I started the powder group. I fell in love with the pro makeup artist community. Mm -hmm. I was like wowed by the passion, the artistry, the creativity, the heart. And so I said to myself, you can't use community. It's using the word in its own definition in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kept crossing it off. And then I was like, oh, no, community really does work. And I crossed it off again. And I got to all the, you know, respect and consistency, repetition, all these great words, integrity, relationships. But then at the end, I was stuck and I kept going, oh, I come up with a word and write that. And I went, wait a minute. Community is that extra word, the one that I wasn't going to use because I was going to nine. I'm going to keep community. And thank goodness I did because what I realized after writing this, this list out on that day in Central Park was that community is an intangible. Um, we know community from our church or synagogue. We know community from our club, Boy Scouts, PTA. Right. We know community uh, because we're LGBTQ+. We know that that's community, but this idea of a community and a career or a job, especially back then, more than 12, 13, 14 years ago, before social media, was very difficult conceptually. So you can't sell community. So all the other stuff that we did was a big part of it, but community had to be at the core. It had to be at the core. Um, it's like when you talk about Danny Sands and the artist's heart, this idea of an artist's heart is at the core of everything she does. Um, and when I was with Mac, Frank Tosman said, the artist is hero. Like what the artist needs is the first thing we have to think about. And for me, what I think about every time I create anything is community. 
whether it's the artist summit, whether it's our industry intensive focus on bridal, whether it's TV and film industry intensive, whatever it is, I think about community. How do I gather this part of our community? How do what do I do to inspire this part of our community? And how do I connect to this part of our community? And so 10 words for me um, then became this program after writing the 10 words a year or two later i said that could be kind of a cool program for the makeup show so i did it as a keynote at the makeup show it was well received i did it again in each city then i did it in other markets and then i started thinking about writing it down and same way that you know we talked about this idea of saying yes um i said yes to myself yeah. I said yes to myself. It can, if I can share it, uh, if we have time, I, it, it, you know, I had started a draft about five years before I actually put this in print. And I had started a draft. I had even recorded three or four of my own sessions thinking, well, I'll just transpose that. And that'll be a good starting point. And then I'll listen to another one while I'm trying, after I transpose it, and I'll go and I'll make extra notes and I'll delete and I'll add. And then I tried to do it that way and it just didn't work. So then I decided just write it like you say it, just yeah. talk. Mm -hmm. And so I just typed and talked to myself. I literally typed it. I was a crazy person talking to myself <laughs> while I was typing. Um, and it still didn't get printed. You know why? Because I didn't think anyone would care. And I didn't realize that until I was teaching one of my business evolution programs, which is a two-day business program of marketing and, and uh, brand and business development that I teach. And in that program, we talk about, you know, setting goals and doing this and putting timing against them. And it was in the beginning of um, the summer. And I said um, to the first group, I had seven or eight that year through December. I said to the first group and, and you know, we talk about in that program also, I should say, uh, personal limitations, things that are keeping you, preventing you from doing the things that are that you feel are going to be your next, right? Your whatever your next is. And we talk about intangible and we talk about tangible. We talk about, you know, I've got kids, so I can't go on an 18-hour day on a film mm -hmm. set for seven days in a week. Or I can't travel for work because I'm I'm a caregiver for my family. Or I've got plants or a dog or <laughs> I've got stuff. Um, but then we also have intangible. Lack of confidence. We talk about fear. We talk about personal energetic things. Uh, I can't speak in front of people, so I can't department head or lead. What are the things that I need to get past energetically? What are the things I need to realize and, and understand my circumstances, accept them and find ways around them or find a part of the industry I can, I can thrive in while that circumstance is a moment for me? And so when I finally said in one of these groups, I said, Oh, I kept telling myself, I didn't have the time. I kept saying, I don't have the time to write it. I don't have the, I don't have the financials. It's about $10,000, $15,000 to print this. I don't have the time. But then I realized in one of my business evolution classes in this discussion, it was actually fear. Not fear to present it. I could stand up. I could present this session for you right now with no preparation. It's <laughs> an, I know the session. I love the session. But for me, it was a fear that after all this time with people saying that was so inspirational, that was so meaningful, thank you for helping me, that I would put it in print and no one would care. Right. Go through all that effort and no one would care. That was what I was afraid of. So instead of acknowledging and accepting and, and letting that fear sit in my way, I made a promise to that group. And there were, we only maxed out at eight for this program. So we had eight people in the room. And I said, I'll tell you what, 
if I don't have a printed copy of 10 words at the makeup show next year in May, I will refund all of your money for this program. I love it. That's a good <laughs> 5,000 per program. Yes. yes. Yeah. The next session, I said the same thing. And I said, in the last session, I realized it was fear that I, the reason I didn't do 10 words. And I said, same thing. I will refund your money. So then the cost of me not doing the book yep. financially, because I am a man of my word. I have integrity. <laughs> it's one of the words. Yep. Financially and, and from a personal ego standpoint, I was going to get this book out in the next seven months, six months, five months, depending on when it was. And I made the book happen. So the reason it's in print is because number one, you know, I get money in, I pay expenses. So I wouldn't have had all that money in May to pay anybody. So I was going to get the book out. So for me, I said yes to myself, Mm -hmm. but I said no to the fear. And I said, you know, the fear is not going to get in my way. You, you have to take those risks. If no one cares, no one cares, but you've done it. You've done it. And that's an important thing. I think that it's everything. The yeah. The salon and beauty industry, there are so many people who go out and take these risks. They start their own business. They they rent a chair in a in a salon. They um, go out and and start a product line. And it takes it takes a lot of courage, and there's always a lot of fear involved, no matter how confident you are. And if there's not a little bit of fear, you better rethink this idea yes. that you have in front of you, mm-hmm. because the overconfidence and the expectation that it's going to be super successful super quickly um, brings me right back to 18 years ago <laughs> in the powder group when I started it, and me saying very optimistically, but not unrealistically, I'm going to do... 12 programs a year. We're going to have 12 people each in them. I'm going to charge $290 a person. That's enough money for me to build a business on. The next year, I'll do 25%. It was not, I wasn't thinking I was making a million dollars in five years, but I certainly wasn't in the situation I was five, 10, even now financially, right? Because when you're building a business that is based on passion and a bunch of intangibles and people believing in you and believing in themselves, that's a little different than trying to sell them some lipstick. Yes. And it's a little different than trying to sell them even a service or getting a hair service done. So that idea of saying yes to yourself, but saying no to the fear. But also I think you have to, again, acknowledge that there are going to be challenges and difficulties. And if you don't acknowledge that, and if you're not prepared for it, then it's really tough. It's tough anyway, but it's going to be even tougher then. I cannot say enough about how much I love that this understanding for you that it was fear that was keeping you from moving on the book came out of a program where you were trying to shed light on people that were needing to face their fear. Like, and I know this is true for us in the podcast that we always end up talking on topics that we're personally working in our mm-hmm. lives. And that if it's say, not speaking our language, yeah, right now. <laughs> like if it's not something that's like currently in our daily lives that we're trying to figure out, it's just not as good an episode, you know, like yeah. the Perfect. ones that land are the ones that are like, Oh, we needed to hear that. You know, like we're doing our own work by doing the work. And that is so cool. The way that that resonated. And I got to mention this idea that like you have to bet on yourself Yeah, that it is so important to be like, yeah, if I'm going to ask these people to step into this new space, you know, and do this business evolution and even, you know, doing these events that you've done and these educational opportunities. And we're going to get into some of the workshops that you have coming up right now. Like you have to be willing to do what you're asking these people to step into. It's part of the leadership of leading a community like the powder group. And so I'm love to hear the story about 10 words because it made such a big impact 
on us, on us you know, and yeah. in, in lots of different ways, obviously with the badass ladies club, but also with our personal careers, you know, right. like, so it's had this ripple effect because you face the fear and you bet on yourself, you know, like it had the intended impact. So thank you for yes. doing those things. It's spinning off in some really beautiful ways. I want to talk about the artist summit. Yeah. Yeah. We have about Ooh. 10 minutes. Yeah. So, we got a few minutes yeah. to get into this. So Badass Ladies Club is get, we're barely getting our feet wet with this event situation, you know, like oh. holding retreats, doing workshops. Um, some are, you know, far away, some are close to home, some are just a little jaunt. Like you've been doing this game where you're hosting events and doing educational opportunities pe for people for a long time, business evolution, the makeup show, you know, like all of these things we've participated in, but talk about the artist summit because it's coming up really soon. And, uh, there's a lot going on with that one virtual and everything. <laughs> there, that, that's, that's saying something. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite programs we do. This actually will be, um, the last the Artist Summit program that we host in Provincetown, Massachusetts in this Ugh. format. We are going to be doing other programming. We're not going anywhere, but we have the Artist Summit is a very specific program format and we do it in a very specific place. Um, and it's known for that and all those things. So we're going to move on from that concept. We're still doing other programming in Provincetown, which is an amazing place. Uh, anyone who's never been to so Provincetown, cool. Massachusetts should get there immediately and enjoy that inspiration that it is uh, from an artistic and energetic and beauty standpoint by just absolutely the most stunning place on earth. Um, but this program is one that we have been created. Uh, we created this iteration of it started in 2013 and we do it every two years. So this is our, I think, fifth then, right? 13, yeah, 15, 17, 19, 21, math. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fifth iteration of it over 10 years, we've been doing this program now. Uh, and so we will be back in October. Uh, we do first week. So October 3rd as our welcome event. And it's a three-day program after that. So the fourth through the sixth, we have three full days of a summit program. Uh, and then there's two days of supplementary hands-on workshops for those who want to stick around and get a little bit more wellness or artistry or business experience and education and inspiration. But the main program is three days. And this program has been in the same format um, with different presenters and some repeat presenters, but different programming that they've done in each session. Because, it, you know, it's complicated when you do a show or a programming that has lots of things happening at once, that three ring circus energy, right? You go to a big trade show and you don't have to decide, where do I go? What do I want to do? Well, what we do at the powder group is curate. Right, we curate for On Makeup Magazine. We put the best programming, the best film and television programs. We put the coolest uh, artists in our magazine. We do the work for you so you can get inspired by what we think will be inspirational. And at the Artist Summit, we want you not to have to think that hard. We want you to come, be ready to be inspired and enjoy all of that energy that we have together. So there's one summit program. We go in in the morning, we all sit together for the day, we leave that night, we come back the next day, same thing, and the third day, same thing. The only decision you do have to make is to stay for the hands-on workshops. There are nine workshops over two days and they're in three time slots. So you have to choose one of three if you're gonna take the workshops for each time slot. But the Artist Summit program itself, everybody gets to participate together. And that's a big part of it, right? Because community, community, community. One of the great things about this program is that the artists all stay with us. They hang out, they're staying at the inn with us. They stay and watch the other artists in the program. Um, that's one of my favorite things is when you know, you've know you got, 
Eugenia Weston, who's, as you guys Amazing. both know, is the founder yeah. of Santa Cosmetics. She's one of our keynotes this year. Love. And she's sitting listening to Marietta Cardenarcisse tell her story, who's oh one God. of the most biggest icons in our industry in yes. film and television and education. Um, that Damone Roberts is sitting there talking about his work while Marietta and Auralis and, and Stacy and Nick Lujan and Rashida Lashawn are all watching him speak or her speak. They all sit and they engage and they explore together. And that means a lot, not only to uh, the artists who are poor keynotes, but also get to be inspired by others, but also to the artists that are worth those working hard artists who are hustling that next bridal client or that next, you know, um, editorial client and really working hard. And they get to sit with those people, have breakfast, have lunch. It is a community focused program. It truly is at every part of its core. Um, the program is a uh, a celebration, like all the things that we do at the Powder Group are, of our community and of the artists that make it so special. Um, this is one of those programs uh, that, you know, I, I like to say about Makeup 101, one of our programs, that it's like those nuts and bolts, all that stuff you need to get that the artistry piece going and a little bit of business piece. Business evolution is the nuts and bolts of business, hard goods, things you have to do. Here's the facts. Then we've got programs like evolution, which are 360, right? There's a little artistry, there's a little technique, there's a little creativity, there's personal development, there's professional development. And then there's the artist summit. And the artist summit is sort of this elevated experience where everything kind of feels up here above your head a tiny bit. It's, it's aspirational. It's listening to these artists, whether they are your TPG Pro member colleagues talking about their business or uh, uh, we have a program called Giving, which is about supporting um, charitable organizations and things like that. We have a program that is about focus with Damone Roberts. We've got um, Chris McCarthy, who's the CEO and um, like lead curator of Provincetown Art Association and Museum talking about curation. And we move that into not just art, but your career, your work. Right. So everything here is sort of this elevated experiential moment for you to find things that help you get to the next place. One of the things I think is most special about this year's program is that it comes at the tail of this pandemic. Yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. saying tail with fingers crossed and knocking on wood and hoping and praying and doing all the things we have to do that this stays going in the right direction. So get vaccinated. Everybody Please. Please. Yeah. Mask anyway, <laughs> even if you are, because we want to get out of this. Mm -hmm. um, but with this program, we have the opportunity to have people gathering again, yeah. gathering again in a place that they love, in a place that is beautiful and inspiration in and of itself with artists and presenters that are their icons, their mentors in the industry, and gathering with their community. We're going to keep this program under 100 attendees. We're probably at about 80 already. But this program is one that we will also broadcast virtually on Zoom. We're not we're not as high tech as you guys. We're not going to have all these cameras and somebody <laughs> producing. So I might just put my computer up facing the screen and turn Zoom on. Cool. You're going to get a chance to participate virtually if you can't make it to Provincetown. But if you can make it to Provincetown, do go and check it out. All the details are there at theartistsummit.com, theartistsummit.com. Um, and like I said, we've got artistry pieces from Ramiro Jennings and Nick Lujan. We've got Danny Sands, who is planning on being with us in person. If Amazing. she cannot, she will be joining us virtually because obviously she's in France. Um, and just we've got a wellness program. We've got a program on diversity and inclusion in the industry. It is it is such a special program, and I'm so excited. And James Vincent is my production partner. You guys love James James Vincent. is in the club, yeah. We know all about James. One of the most magical human beings He's great. in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
it's just it's just a program that means so much to us. So I, I really I hope that you guys can be there personally. That would be uh, so Jessica cool. Lori, yes. I hope that, uh, some of your listeners will be able to we, check it out. Those. We got a message from all them. The time. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> focus just on makeup. Is it interesting for hair? Is it interesting? Yes. We're not doing. We have two demos on stage that are about creativity and exploration that have makeup in them. Everything else is about other things. So it's not a makeup program. If you want that, stay for the workshops. (laughs) We're going to link all the information for the Artist Summit in the episode notes. So that way, if you guys want to hear more about it and learn about how you can be there and attend in person or virtually, that you can hit that up. And I will be there virtually, Um, most likely. We have one more question for you to wrap up this amazing episode. You've got 60 seconds, okay? (laughs) What advice would you give 22-year-old Michael today? If you could go back and you could tell yourself something at 22 years old, what would you tell yourself? Wow. You guys like to throw a curveball in there. I know. Um, I'm tempted to say slow down. I love that. I'm tempted to say slow down. But at the same time, with through all the mistakes and all the things that I've been fortunate enough to accomplish in my career, every single one of those decisions I made since I was 22, my move to New York, my saying yes to Saks, my saying yes to leaving a great job to starting my own business, every decision I made was what got me to this exact place right now, sitting here talking to you two. Totally. Uh, and with my wonderful husband and this great home in Saratoga Springs and with the community of support I have around me. So um, I think I'm going to change from slow down to trust your instinct. Solid advice. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, we are so glad that you trusted your instinct because it's meant a lot to us. And we have two uh, big fans yeah, situation here. here. So we're Thank you. grateful. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And yeah, you guys, when you want to check out Michael, um, we'll have all the information in the episode notes, get on and like and share and rate and review us at at the powder group at on makeup magazine at Michael Develis. Come and hang out with us. We love our pros. Love the pros. Inspired by them. You guys have a badass day. We'll check you later. Thank you. Bye Bye guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 